It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Cowboys, your daily podcast on the Dallas Cowboys. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Cowboys podcast. Thanks for tuning in. I'm your host, Marcus Mosier. It feels nice to be finally back on the show. You can follow me on Twitter at Marcus underscore Mosier. And joining me today is Landon McCool. You can follow him on Twitter at McCoolBTB. I am sorry, listeners, that you guys had to go a whole week without me and you had to listen to Landon's voice. But Landon, how was it? How was it not having me on the show? It was It was glorious. It was amazing. We struggled to get by. <laughs> we yeah. did what we could without you, you know? The the ratings of the show have never been higher. I, that's they actually spiked. true. You guys, had, you guys had some great shows. So uh, coming up on today's show, we actually have some free agent news to talk about. This is so exciting. We haven't had news in the last... <laughs> Year, so this is awesome. Uh, we're gonna run down through, run through every free agent signing, um, and let's go ahead and start with the biggest name the Cowboys have signed, and that is Alan Hearns, the receiver from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, it was announced on Friday that Hearns was signing with the Cowboys. The numbers came out, uh, I believe it was on Saturday night, that uh, Hearns got a two-year, twelve million dollar deal with only two point five million dollars guaranteed. Uh, it's basically a one-in-one deal where the Cowboys can get it out of it after this year if things don't work out. Um, I like the Hearns signing a lot. What do you think about Alan Hearns and his fit with the Cowboys offense? Well, I I mean, first of all, we have to mention that really this was kind of celebrated in stages, right? Like it was, they announced the signing and then there was that kind of follow-up announcement um, by, you know, kind of sources we trust that that the signing was so reasonable that they were going to be able to keep Des Bryant, or at least that this doesn't spell the doom of Des Bryant at this point. So I, I think I love this deal. And, and you know, Jonah and I uh, kind of touched on Hearns a little bit la- uh, earlier in the week, last week. And um, I think that, you know, looking at him, if you just watch this game from last year, I mean, he's spent almost the entire year in the slot. And, and yes. I think that, you know, that there's lots and lots of opportunity to play him in s- several different spots. Um, you know, I, I, I didn't even immediately, like, I know so a lot of people, you know, just automatically assumed that because he, you know, clearly has the body type that fits X the best, um, I, I, that, that, that meant automatically that Dez was going to lose his job. But uh, to me, what he does between, and we'll talk about Thompson in a little bit, um, but what we what he does between him and Thompson is that they split the job of what Bryce Butler uh, was um, to, to, to you know kind of in, in two in, in two players with specialties and, and with much you know better production I would assume at least for, on Hearn's side we'll see with Thompson. Um, so I don't see Alan Hearns as an X, and I know that's kind of the thought out there that that's he you know he's playing the same position as Des. I I guess I don't see that. Um, I see a guy that looks a lot more like. Jarvis Landry than Des Bryant. And that's not a knock at all because I think Jarvis Landry is a really good player. And I actually think the Cowboys need a guy like 
uh, Hearns in their offense because they need somebody that can run the precise routes. They can, that can be a force in the middle of the field. I don't know if they have anybody on the roster who is as tough as Hearns in terms of catching the ball, absorbing the contact, and coming down with a catch. Um, I, I, I feel like they're going to be able to do a lot of different things out of bunch sets. They're going to be able to use uh, Hearns yeah. in the slot. They can use him as the Z coming down and blocking linebackers. Yes. Um, I really like I really like the fit, um, and I especially like the price. It, it doesn't lock you in. You don't have to give this guy uh, you know, a $16 million deal like you were with Sammy Watkins. If it doesn't work out, you can cut him. Heck, if it doesn't work out in training camp and you you, you have guys behind him um, that you either draft or sign later that you think have a higher ceiling long term, you can actually cut him, and it's not that big of a loss. There's not a huge uh, dead salary cap hit on it. So I love the signing. Um, I think it gives them another reliable receiver, and it doesn't force their hand when it comes to the draft. Also, I mean, let's and let's kind of transition this as we move our way towards Thompson to talk about Thompson. Let's kind of transition this to to the talk about what this you know what what this means. I think the I think the idea that they didn't cut Des while you know signing a guy like Hearns to me points to something that is larger than just the signing that, that we need to discuss. That's exciting as well, and I th- that is the idea that they are committed to playing a bunch of receivers on the field at once. Uh, mm. They feel like they're, they're making their personnel such that they can uh, afford to, uh, you know, spread teams out. And I think, you know, here's the thing. I think people thought that last year. Obviously, I think people overestimated how quickly Switzer was ready to be on the field offensively. I think well, to the, be I, fair, I, the injury hurt him. No, the, well, in- and listen, no, that, that is the, no, exactly. I, and, and listen, here's the, here was the, I think the whole plan. The plan was for him to come in, do what he does, get, get through training camp healthy, hopefully, and then take uh, early on, take on the lucky whitehead role. And then as he, as he did that, that got him opportunities to snap to get on the field and then develop into a slot receiver in the middle of in the field. That, that just, that, got derailed almost immediately with his with his injury and then that combined with the fact that he he wasn't really a fit for the lucky whitehead role so that kind of limited his snaps initially until they could find another way to get him in offensive packages clearly he was worse than special teams why, why does this have to do with Hearns and the, these these signings my the point is is that now what they have with, with you know while still having Terrence Williams and and all these other guys is they have a, a collection of wide receivers that they can deploy for wide receiver and still run the football because they have big bodies in the middle of the field that can still block if you want to. They they can get these teams lined up in uh, in defensive linemen so they don't want to get in. And then you know if they want to if they want to line up big, we can throw the ball. If they want to line up small, we can we can run the ball on them. This was a lot less possible, I think, if you go you know double wide with two diminutive you know slot receivers who probably aren't going to be able to hold up inside in, 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 in their key blocking spot and really quickly, I think this also gives them some versatility in the sense of uh, it gives them another guy that can beat man coverage. Um, yeah. Last year we saw when when teams played man across the board, the Cowboys really struggled, especially when they took away Beasley from the slot. Uh, Hearns just gives them another guy that can win on the outside and in the inside, and I actually really think he fits well uh, against zone coverage because that guy has a, 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 has a great feel. feel. He yeah, has a absolutely. great feel of where to settle down. Um, let's go ahead and talk about Deontay Thompson. 
<laughs> I was not a big fan of the signing. Um, I'll give my quick thoughts real quick. Uh, he signed a one-year deal worth $2.5 million with $1 million guaranteed uh, at signing. When I watched him this year for the NFL 1000 for Bleacher Report, um, I kind of just saw a guy. Now, he has a lot of speed. Um, he can make plays down the field. Um, he, he's very quick in and out of his breaks. But I saw a really raw route runner. And defenses knew how to cover him. Uh, they backed way off of him. Uh, they, dare, they, you know, they were daring him to run anything underneath, and he just didn't do it that well. Um, I think Thompson is the kind of receiver that you sign in June and July to kind of fill out your depth chart heading into camp. Uh, but the Cowboys did not agree. They think he might be able to replace that Bryce Butler role. So tell us a little bit about Thompson and where you see him fitting in. Well, first off, I think the key thing is what you talked about. They know that they have to back off when he's on the field. I mean, clearly, this is a guy who, unlike Bryce Butler, who could get down the field and then could get you know corners in compromised positions and where they're in phase but maybe a little bit behind him, this is the kind of guy who gets into his fifth gear and blows past cornerbacks. And, yes. and and so and so if they know that they know that they have to play back. And I think that's the difference between. Um, you know, them and Bryce Butler is that with Bryce Butler, I think teams were willing to take the risk that, that he would get behind them, that, you know, maybe their safeties can make a play one-on-one when they go up with Bryce Butler. With this guy, they don't really get the opportunity because he gets past them so quick that all your quarterback has to do is throw to an area and let him get underneath the ball and catch it. Now, he's good at that. And he and like that one skill set, that's where he wins, and that's that's why he got paid the money he did is because honestly the Cowboys haven't had a guy who could do that specifically in a long time. And I know that we've been trying to talk about other people doing that and, and figuring out ways that other guys do that, but this guy can specifically do that. Now the reason you bring him in now versus June, and I totally understand your thought process here, but the re- reason you bring him in now versus June is because a clearly our uh you know law has worked with this guy before wanted the opportunity to spend more time to work with him because he thinks that he can get more than just that out of him you know i think the opportunity the reason you bring him in now versus june is because you get that extra workout period that you're working specifically with him you know and you get that little bit of extra time to you know i to me the value that he you're paying him now versus then is pretty much the same i i i don't have an issue with the contract because i think you're paying him for a skill set that you need and he's he can do that immediately now the difference is between the time is whether or not he can do more than that before the beginning of the season and that that skill set probably needs to be learned in those otas in those in those meetings with coaches between now and then all right, so I don't think he is one of their top six receivers. You you put up the depth chart, and they have Dez, Hearns, Williams, Beasley, Switzer, and then Thompson, Noah Brown. I don't think he cracks that top five or six. However, I believe he is the only receiver on the roster who has run under a 4.48 40-yard dash. He ran a 4.31 at his pro day. He has speed, and nobody else on the Cowboys roster has that. It's not even close. For that reason, he'll probably make the team. Um, but let's I'm also not, talk about what 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 that talk to, talk it out. Tell us more about what that speed does for the rest of the p- team, the players on the field when it, when he's on. <laughs> 
Right, but you've, I, I just, you've, argue, I, you've argued for this before. You've argued for this speed on the field before, and I understand that you don't necessarily like the contract. But but now, as opposed to like you know, I, and I understand the thought process of going in the draft. But now you know you have this guy, and, and they, that's fair. And the coaching staff clearly likes this guy, and I think that the difference is that what he can do is worth the price because what he will provide for everyone else at the very at the very least, if not. He's scoring touchdowns, so uh, you know the the bottom floor is that at least this guy is going to provide, you know, some room to work underneath as he's you know stretching the field vertically. And if and the and the best case scenario is that they won't cover him, and that Dak throws ten touchdowns to the guy as, as he keeps sneaking past defenses. And that's fair. He he's the classic one trick pony. He can run fast and he can make plays down the field. To me, that skill set isn't that hard to find. And actually, I think there was a better deep ball threat receiver sitting in free agency that went for the same money in, in Mike Wallace. Um, now, uh, maybe Wallace didn't want to come here. He wanted to go to Philadelphia. Uh, I, I just think they got a guy who can run fast but is very, very raw. I, I just feel like you can find that guy elsewhere without having to give him guaranteed money. It's only a million dollars guaranteed, so it's not like they're paying him a ton. Um, I'm just not optimistic that he is going to be one of their top receivers. It'll it'll upset me if they have to cut a promising guy like Noah Brown for Deontay Thompson. Um, but we'll we'll see. Um, really quickly yeah, do you think all those guys are gonna? Do you think all those guys? I mean, that's my last thing before we move on. Do you think all those guys end up on this team? Because I mean, I I, I I think that one of these guys, Williams or Beasley, either gets cut or traded. Yeah, and that's what I was gonna. I was gonna ask you that. So I would think between one of those two. And listen, I'm not even gonna re- rule out Dez not being on the team. I know there's people that sure. think uh, that Dez is a lock. <laughs> If they find a receiver early and they draft a receiver early, maybe they decide to just cut Des now and move on and you know start this rebuilding process at receiver. But yeah, I would think between Des Williams, Beasley, there's no way they can carry all three of those guys, plus Hearns and Thompson and Switzer. Uh, it just doesn't seem realistic. All right, let's go ahead and move to the offensive line. On Saturday, it was announced that the Cowboys uh, intend to sign Cameron Fleming uh, from the New England Patriots. He played mostly right tackle for the Patriots last year, but he does have experience playing left tackle. Uh, As of this recording, we do not know his numbers yet, um, but we believe it's probably going to be about swing tackle money, maybe low starter money. Tell us about Cameron Fleming and what you expect from him this year for the Cowboys. Well, I mean, he he kind of fits the bill for what um, you know McClay will, will kind of target, right? Like he's a he's a young, uh, he's only twenty five still at this point. Um, yep. Player with uh, with a lot of starting experience for someone his age. Um, you know, he's he's started in the Super Bowl. I mean, he's played consequential games for uh, at, at at a key position for the uh, for the Patriots. Um, you know, so he's he's had good a good level of experience. Now, I mean, I think initially people kind of got in uproar because there was talk about them signing him as the starter and then moving Lael Collins inside, and you know that plan certainly isn't ruled out at this point, but. I think you know. I still until I'm told otherwise. I view this guy as like the perfect swing ca- swing tackle candidate. Yes. I mean, I think I think he's going to be able to come in um, and play. You know, either tackle. 
Um, and, you know, especially when you pair it with Chaz Green, who I, I have not given up yet, like we've talked about, I think you you got good depth suddenly at tackle position in a, in a position you need a good depth at, especially with a, a, a all-pro left tackle with a, with a questionable back situation. And then suddenly, um, you know, you've got uh, a, a four – Solid, you know, four guys you could rely on if you can get Chaz back on on track, which it sounds like he's working with the right guys of Duke to uh, uh, get back on track, which which will help be be helpful just to have that kind of depth mm-hmm. suddenly. Um, and you know, especially with this team that you know they they do like to use six offensive linemen on the field a lot, you know, and and I think that that won't you know stop, uh, especially if they have a, a six guy that they really like. So. Uh, even more reason to kind of invest at that spot and, and, and add a guy who's of quality position, you know, much, much, much better quality uh, and young with upside uh, as opposed to uh, Byron Bell or, or, you know, who, you know, whoever else they would use at that spot. Yeah. So this gives him a respectable tackle. Um, I don't think Fleming is great. Um, I think he's a very average tackle. He doesn't have a ton of athleticism, but he's a very smart player. Um, when I was watching him yesterday, I wrote, he can be kind of a grabber. Um, he doesn't have a, a great punch, but he's pretty balanced. Um, I, I, I think his technique is good. Um, I, I just think this is a guy that you can put into a game um, and you can be, feel really comfortable that he's going to give you solid production and you're not going to have one of those disasters that happened in Atlanta. Um, I, I don't think he's going to be a guy that uh, you're going to move Lyle Collins for. But I think he is a player that you know you need on this team. The Cowboys' bread and butter is their offensive line, so you have to protect your investments by getting a quality swing tackle. And what I also love about this is this pushes Chaz Green. This means that the Cowboys are not going to just hand that swing tackle job to Chaz Green. He's going to have to earn it. He's going to have to beat out a really good player. Um, I'm excited for the Fleming move. I'm excited to see what the numbers are when they come out. Uh, this is the this is the right type of free agent signing if you are going to make moves in free agency. Get an ascending player who has experience and has experience playing at the at the, the best level with some of the best coaches. Uh, Dante Skarnecki in New England is absolutely phenomenal. Um, I'm excited about the Fleming move. The one move I'm not excited about but you you seem to like this player a little bit and that's Marcus Martin the guard oh, you don't like this huh no, I'm not a big fan I'll, I'll get into it in a second Marcus Martin announced on Sunday morning that the Cowboys would be signing the former uh, Browns and San Francisco 49ers guard slash center tell us a little bit about Marcus Martin and what do you expect from him this year well, I, I don't know. Like that, that let me say that to be clear because I mean the tape I watched of him was from uh from 2017 if I'm not mistaken. 16, he didn't play I mean, at all. I mean, last I mean, year. I mean, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, no, 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 not even 16. I think it was from 2015. Okay. It was from when he was with San Francisco. So, um yeah, I I, I and then you know he had he left and then went to had with the Cleveland had an injury um and you know just never got any opportunities at Cleveland because frankly the one area where Cleveland has depth is guard I mean they've got two pretty they got two pretty good guards um and 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 so um he ends up you know, leaving and then uh the Cowboys sign him and uh, look here's what I like about him um he can move He's 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 a he's an athlete. He's 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 kind of leggy, uh, so he's he, he has like a but he's but he what, he coils up real well in his stance. Um, so he he can he can move and he's pretty good in, in pass protection and he and he carries his weight extremely well. Um, 
I think where he struggles and where he's still got some work to do is maintain hitting and maintaining targets in space. Um, hit linebackers, you know, and that are on the move and that sort of thing. Even though he can move and do that sort of thing, uh, I think he kind of struggles to break down and and, and actually uh, affect the person that he's gotten. He gets to. He gets there, uh, but he just. I think he doesn't quite finish the job in the way that you, you'd hope. Um, and I think uh, I think uh, in pass protection, there's times where I see that he uh, can. Um, struggle. I mean, he can struggle with power a little bit because I think he his he gets a little bit wide in his base because I, he's because he's so leggy. Um, but 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 I think that there's technique things that these are technique things that he just needs to work. He he again is also uh, a very young player who's who's you know had some starts. I think he was twenty. He's still twenty five. Yeah, I think, into, got, uh, I think, I think he came into the league actually. at twenty one or twenty one or something, right? And he was like he yep. he came into the league like crazy young as like a third round pick. Um, and and just kind of was one of these guys who has suffered through probably you know, has been through two teams in three years, but has suffered through four regime changes somehow. You know, like so, like I I, I just I, I think he's just I I look at him as a McClay special. I think he is at least Jonathan Cooper plus because Ooh. because I see I see I well I think he is because I see as a, him as a guy who. He can get to that. He can get to the second level in the same way Cooper can, but he also struggles to hit the target once he gets there in the same way that Cooper does. Yeah. So to me, this this didn't feel like a Will McClay special. To me, this felt like a Paul Alexander special, uh, a guy that is very athletic, um, but needs a lot of work in his the technical part of the game. I saw a guy who his pad level got out of control too many times. Uh, his he his back leg on his pass drops was all over the place. His kick slide is a mess. Uh, maybe this is a guy that Alexander uh, tries to coach up, and maybe he fits his scheme better than he did in Cleveland or San Francisco. Um, but as you know, the film that I saw in 2015 and 2016. I, I just didn't think that's a guy that would make this roster. Um, I thought at best he was the Joe Looney replacement. And then on Sunday afternoon, we find out that the Cowboys re-signed Joe Looney. So maybe maybe what the Cowboys are trying to do is provide or to get more competition all the way across the board. Um, I, I kind of expect Looney and Martin to battle out for that uh, backup guard center role, that swing interior player. I didn't see a starting caliber offensive lineman. I still oh think yeah! That's oh, a, I, don't, I still think I that's don't either. I, yeah, like no, I, I didn't. I when I said Cooper plus, I I never considered Cooper a starting level guard either. So I don't okay. want to. I don't want to make. I don't want to make make people think that. I don't. I don't think this guy should be your starter. Or I mean, maybe he should be considered like in the competition. Maybe, but I if he if he if he earns it. But I I don't want to give off the impression that I think this guy's like the starter. Like I I I I think I think he's. I think competition with Looney for the backup swing guy, like that's back. That's where I'm at with him too. Can I mention one more guy that I, I, I I'm not giving up on, and that's Kadeem Edwards, a guy that the Cowboys had yeah. on their team last year. Seventy eight was that that guy? Yeah, yeah seventy eight. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Uh, an older player, but has a lot of athleticism. They kept him on the the roster. Uh, clearly, they like him a little bit. I'm curious to see what happens with him in camp. Uh, maybe he's a guy that they try to stash back on the practice squad. But that that competition from Martin Looney uh, Edwards is going to be interesting. We still are in agreement that they probably need to draft a guard in the top 100, right? 
I yeah, absolutely. I mean, I still think they need to go get a starter. It was, however, they plan on doing that. Now, my question is, and this is the the larger question is, do you think that they're trying to do the bare minimum of settling up the positions, you know, for the opportunity to trade nineteen and fifty to go get somebody? It's possible, but I. <laughs> I just don't see a guy that you feel comfortable playing at left guard. Uh, there's no player in here. I, I feel like if you go into this season with the current roster, it's just as big of a hole as it was last year. So you got to figure you got to figure out how to get that position settled. Um, I, and that's what makes me nervous about trading 19 and 50. Is you know that's that's where I'm going to find my starting guard. So I don't know. How do you feel about it? I don't feel great about it. I mean, I, I mean, I feel like the what they would say is, well, we can move Collins back to guard and start start Fleming. And I, you know, honestly, like as a five, I'm, I'm I don't hate that, but I hate the idea of moving Collins. I mean, I hate everything that we have to do to get there. It's it's kind of how I felt about moving Collins last year. I don't hate the idea of Collins playing tackle, but I hated the what we had to do to move to get to get to that spot, and 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 what we had to do was downgrade two positions from the previous year. And so I think the Cowboys that's they looked at what happened last year, like besides all the stuff that happened with with Zeke and all that. To me, I think they hopefully correctly looked at what happened last year as we didn't do enough to properly support and um reinvest in our offensive line mm. after losing after losing Doug Free and just and just thinking that moving Collins to right tackle was going to be a solution. You know, Collins to right tackle was a first of all it was a transition it took him, you know, a while. He he, he performed admirably. I want to keep him there because of the way he performed, you know, d- despite my expectations. And, and and I don't want to waste that you know that work there, but but I still think that people for didn't realize like how much of a step back our offensive line took from the year previously, not only from Doug Free's experience, but losing the talented player that we whoever we had at left guard, whether it be Leary or <laughs> Collins, and then obviously Collins tr- just tried to you know get to Doug Free's level. So the Cowboys they they don't want to go through that situation again with with through injury or however. The offensive line is supposed to be the engine that drives this team, so they need it to be a dominant force, and that's why they I think they're going to invest it in the draft and in free agency and and just reinforce it as much as they can. All right, I've got one last question before we leave. And this has been a debate going on in Cowboys Twitter the last couple of days. How do you feel about the philosophy of getting your five best offensive linemen on the field, or do you prefer getting the guys in the right spots? Well, I prefer getting you know I prefer getting five guys that have clear positions that know their positions and getting them working. Um, uh, now that's a cop out answer. Uh, that's a cop out. No, 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 no. But but I, I listen. I, I think that. I mean, I think that that's the ideal situation. Now, if you can't have the ideal, sometimes you have to work with what you've got. Sure. Um, and so, and so, I think that uh, in that case, 
sometimes it takes a special player to to move around uh, you know and and I and they keep referencing it and not that Collins is even close to this level of player but maybe someday he could be as you know Larry Allen did that a lot moved you inside a guard and tackle Nate Newton played guard and tackle Mark Tuane played guard and tackle and I mean all, all the the great guys moved around a little bit so I, I think that you know there is definitely a difference between the position. That I don't. I think that there are some players who can go between guard and tackle, but I don't think that everybody can. Um, but I, I think that if you have one of those guys who is gonna, you know, good at both positions, and you want an opportunity to play the very best, you know, you have, I don't think it's outrageous to ask a player to move a, a move inside. I just think you have to realize that when you do that. Here's here's where the issue is. You you want to create continuity. Yes. You you want to you want to create, you know, you want to create a, a level of the guys working with each other. Now, I think that it helps when you have the same guys working together and they move around within their own system, but I I think that when again, when you're asking new guys to come in and you're moving a guy it, it can be a little bit too much, and I think that like, it, this also goes back to how much stress are you putting on the the part of your uh, team that is supposed to be the the driving force of your of your victory. And I also think it depends on where you're moving, guys, because I I've talked to a couple former NFL offensive linemen, and they said it's easier to move from like left tackle to left guard rather than left tackle to right tackle. Because if you're playing on the left side, your footwork's basically the same. You're doing everything, you know, basically the same. The only difference All the zone is blocking. You're... All the yeah, zone blocking is exactly the same. It's just your, your feet, your footwork is the same first foot. It's exactly. the same way. The, the, all the calls are exactly the same. It's just you're, you're one man inside. It's, I mean, it's it's uncovered versus covered. It's it's all the same calls. It's just your one man aside. Yeah, I mean, I, I could. It totally makes sense. And that's why I think you see some teams that have left left tackles that left guards that kick out to, to play left tackle if someone gets hurt and that sort of thing. Because you know, in the run game where maybe things are the most difficult, it's it's uh, it's easy because you at least know it's natural with your footwork you know it's it's not you're not having to do everything backwards and it's why i'm not giving up on chaz green because last year they had him start at left guard um, but he also practiced in training camp and in the preseason at right tackle as well as left tackle so they were moving him all over um, he didn't really get a fair shot at that. I would like to see him stick at one position. And maybe that's the idea of signing Fleming. Maybe Fleming is going to be your backup right tackle. And maybe they'll allow Chaz Green just to focus on being the backup left tackle or vice versa. So I'm optimistic about those moves. Not so that move, not so much the Marcus Martin move, but we will see how it develops. Uh, I love the idea that they're bringing in uh, guys that have experience and they're going to compete for that job. Still think they need to draft a guard. But, hey, we've got free agency news. This is all very, very exciting. We are back in the ballgame. That's it for today's show. Thank you guys for tuning in. Make sure you download and subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you guys get your podcasts. Follow Landon at McCoolBTB. You can follow the show at LockedOnCowboys. And, of course, you can follow me at Marcus underscore Mosier. And we will see you guys next time. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. 
Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.